Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe tap-to-pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey, Tom, Sarah, Roger, and Kiki. Uh, Patrick here. Unfortunately, I'm still off the show. Uh, I apologize. I will be back next week for E3. But I did want to send a quick message about uh, the Apple sign-in feature that was uh, that was announced at WWDC, sign-in with Apple, which is going to be in competition with sign-in with Google, Facebook, and everything. You know what it's about. I just wanted to mention that I think it is the biggest announcement of the conference. It solidifies Apple as a company that sells essentially data privacy protection um, as much as anything else, or maybe not as much, but in large part. And I think this is massive. No other company has the um, weight and power to to offer that kind of alternative. And I think it's a really big deal. I would have loved to be there to talk about it more uh, yesterday or even today. But alas, uh, that's going to have to do for me. Uh, love you all. I miss you. And I'll be back soon. We miss you too, Patrick Major. This is the Daily Tech News for Tuesday, June 4th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Yes, indeed, Edu. Uh, it is time for some tech news, and we have got some cool stuff. We're going to follow up uh, with some Apple uh, clarifications, things that always come out after they do their keynotes. But Dr. Kiki from This Week in Science is also here. Uh, Dr. Kiki, what are you going to tell about? Tell us about? I'm talking about fingers. Fingers. And robots. <laughs> yeah. So it's a digital story. <laughs> it's a digital story. Brains and robots and fingers. There we go. I cannot wait to hear more about this. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Enhanced tracking protection, which blocks cookies from a blacklist of thousands of third-party trackers, is now on by default in new installations of Firefox. It'll become the default for existing users in the coming months as well. Mozilla also announced improvements to its Facebook container extension and released a Firefox desktop extension for its password keeper, which is now called LockWise formerly called Lockbox. The leader of the U.S. House of Representatives Antitrust Subcommittee, Representative David Cicilline, announced a probe of tech companies to determine if they stifle competition and harm consumers. Seems to be a popular thing to say these days. 
Amazon users on Android in the U.S. and Japan can now digitally try out different shades of lipstick using live mode on their front-facing camera. An iOS version is slated for launch later this year. Live mode uses AI-powered data from brands and images and descriptions aggregated from social media. It's powered by Modiface, which L'Oreal bought last year. Hmm. All right, let's talk a little bit about Tim Cook and his reaction to all this stuff about antitrust investigations uh, in response to the report that the Department of Justice has now taken jurisdiction to investigate not just Apple, but Google Facebook or uh, Google as well. Uh, and Tim Cook told CBS News, with size, I think scrutiny is fair. I think we should be scrutinized. But if you look at any kind of measure about is Apple a monopoly or not, I don't think anybody reasonable is going to come to the conclusion that Apple's a monopoly. Following a Supreme Court decision that developers had standing to sue Apple over the App Store, California app developer Donald R. Cameron and Illinois' Pure Sweat Basketball have alleged in federal court in San Jose, California, that Apple's App Store is, in fact, anti-competitive. So uh, Tim Cook saying, we're not. Uh, people are now going to court to say you are, and it looks like there's going to be an investigation. We just heard about a congressional uh, investigation of tech companies in general. So uh, this will be a story for a while. Yeah, Tim Cook is going to say this whether or not anybody at Apple thinks that Apple might be a monopoly. So that's that's it's not a surprising quote and it's not really all that interesting anyway. But I think what uh what what the courts have granted developers to move forward with is going to be interesting. Yeah, uh, Dr. Kiki, do you do you have any any thoughts on whether you consider Apple any competitive or not? Well, I mean, I, I think it's debatable. All these really large companies, they control multiple markets. Uh, and, you know, it's argue, it's arguable that Apple has to control its marketplace. It has to control its software. It has to control uh, the apps and, and, and the hardware to be able to maintain the Appleness of its product. Um, but then again, you know, could it all be split apart and could that be maintained? So the... All of these uh, Google, Facebook, Apple, these walled gardens, they either all, the walls need, either need to come down and we need to bring them down on all of them or uh, we ha- we're just going to have to let them keep going. Mm. The Hamilton Public Library in Hamilton, Ontario, has joined the Internet Archives Open Libraries program. The program uses controlled digital lending, or CDL, to make digital copies of almost one million print texts available worldwide. Libraries can't lend more than the physical the number of physical copies that they hold, and restrictions also prevent copying or redistribution. Otherwise, very cool. Yeah, I, I I think this is interesting. I had not heard about controlled digital lending. Uh, archive.org has so many projects going on. It's not surprising. Uh, but the idea behind this is that if you want to lend out a copy of a book, but that person can't get the physical copy, maybe the interlibrary loan doesn't work for this particular person, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to scan a digital version of it and make it available to anyone who has an internet connection worldwide. Uh, the idea is that once that has happened, you can't give it to anybody else. So you're you're trying to fend off any, any kind of exploitation of this for, for copyright infringement. And when you join CDL, Archive will look at your entire collection as a library and tell you which texts they already have scanned in. So you don't even have to scan those. You can just, you know, authenticate that you have those and only scan the ones that nobody else in the system had. Yeah, it's exciting. I, I think I think moving forward, this is going to allow interlibrary lending, around allow much greater movement of works around the world and greater information sharing. 
Yeah. And if people don't know, you know, uh, the, the knee jerk reaction might be like, well, this will get squashed, but libraries and digital content have been working very well. Yeah. Uh, check your local library and find out if what apps they have, because they probably have one uh, that allow you to check out audiobooks and, and, and ebooks and, and things and even movies and TV shows. There's yeah. also, yeah, I, I checked out my local library branch recently. It's right down the street from me. It's real nice. And they don't kick you out. They don't make you order coffee if you want to use the Wi-Fi. It's it's a <laughs> lovely co-working space. And sure, your library may vary. But uh, but yeah, there's there's the libraries are thriving. And, and they've got a lot of great resources for the community. And yeah. librarians have been working on this, uh, you know, information uh, on, on information sciences for years and how do we maintain copyrights? This is something that is, is crucial to library sciences um, and, and to literature and information sharing moving forward. Yeah, I'm looking at the Hoopla app that the LA Public Library uses yeah. right now, and I can I can get RBG or Pokemon the first movie. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I can watch them right on my phone right now with my library card. Spotify Stations is now available in the United States after launching on iOS in Australia last month and on Android in Australia last year. The Lightweight app offers easy access to curated playlists with a more radio-like experience rather than your customized libraries and playlists. So users can personalize stations by selecting a favorite artist, say, but you can't pick every song that goes in them. Uh, A favorites playlist based on the user's interest also exists in the app. It's very similar to the way Pandora was for years in its early days. Free users of stations will hear ads and can't skip tracks, but if you're a Spotify premium user, you get unlimited skips and ad-free listening. Over in the main Spotify app, five curated playlists of podcast episodes are going to start showing up for about 5% of the users in Argentina, Canada, Chile, Colombia, Mexico, Sweden, the U.S., and the U.K. Themes of the list include comedy, true crime, geek culture, walking, motivational, so I guess it's stuff to listen to while you're walking, uh, and relaxing uh, or mindfulness. A couple things going on here. One is sort of the lightweight app where you're like, I don't want to make choices or I don't have a phone that, that has a lot of storage on it uh, and, uh, and I want to be able to listen to, to Spotify stuff. And the other one is uh, good for us, you know, trying to get more people into podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not a Spotify user, but I am an Apple Music user. And I often will just hit the radio button because it's like, eh, just, you know, give, give me a genre that I like because I am a radio user. I like the element of surprise and I'm not so good about uh, downloading a bunch of albums and keeping up on all of that and curating my own playlists. So I can see why Spotify is like, what? why not? Yeah, you know, you're, you're going to hear ads if you're a free user, just like you would be on, on regular Spotify. Uh, give folks another option if for some reason the full app is a little bit overwhelming. And yeah, as far as, as, far as podcast-themed playlists, I love this. I, I want to know what geek culture is that Spotify considers geek culture. Uh, well, that, and, yeah, and, I, I know what I consider it to be, but yeah, right, I'm curious sure. but, what but Spotify I, thinks it is. But, but often these sorts of things are either a little hit and miss, but I, but I will find something that I wouldn't have found otherwise, and I'm happy to know about it. I also like walking, so motivation is good too. Yeah, especially if it motivates Didn't, you to walk. Did but Spotify is now op- has opened up its own uh, its own podcasting platform mm-hmm. and is probably going to be allowing uh, having its own specially featured mm-hmm. podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering who will these curated lists be made up of? Like you are, Sarah. I mean, it's are they pay for play? Are they 
uh, podcasts that Spotify employees just really like. How do you get into these lists? And seriously, is a motivational walking podcast like you can do it? Just take one more step. Keep walking. I don't know if it's about walking. You can that's a really go good under that yeah. tree. It might just be something that's got a good beat, you know. So you're power walking, yeah. you know, like yeah. like a robot you along, great, along with it. You can do it and keep on going. <laughs> there we well, go. And Spotify has turned into walking podcast. Spotify yeah. has acquired a, some original content companies, yeah. Gimmelt Gim Media being yep. one of them. So mm -hmm. one would think these will be prominently featured. But yep. as somebody who's always been trying to get Apple to pay attention to my podcast over the years with varying results, mm -hmm. I, I know that, yeah, that, that sort of curated editor's pick stuff can be a little uh, confusing for the rest of us. Well, folks, if you get all the tech headlines each day uh, in about five minutes, that means you're subscribed to DailyTechHeadlines.com, and it's working. Uh, if you're like, wait, I don't get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, well, my goodness, go over to DailyTechHeadlines.com and take care of that right now. All right, we're going to do a lightning round of Apple aftershocks, uh, things that came out after the WWDC keynote yesterday, starting with iOS developer Steve Moser noting that 9to5Mac confirming that the first beta of iOS 13 includes an asset package used for pairing devices by proximity, similar to how AirPods and HomePods work. The product type, though, is TAG1,1. Uh, sounds like a tile-type system. Another asset found in the beta shows a mock-up of a white circle with a blue border around it, matching the description of Bluetooth tags that Apple is said to be developing to work with its Find My App. So Apple might be coming up with its own version of tile. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I, I've mentioned on a previous show that I, I no longer use a tile for more than kind of a paperweight that's part of my keychain. However... I know that there are many people who love this feature, and if you want to keep track of your stuff, keys or otherwise, then it it makes sense based on what we heard yesterday that Apple would be doing. Yeah. Lighting round. Kiki, what do you think? Yes, no, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care. <laughs> Fair enough. Moving on. Fair enough. We all have opinions. Ars Technica got the official word from Apple that iTunes for Windows will continue to work and be supported just like it is now. We wondered about this yesterday. Apple didn't say what would happen to it in the future, however, but for now, it sounds like it's it's going along. Also, Apple Music and macOS Catalina will be access ex will access existing music libraries, including rips from CDs and MP3s and things added from other sources, along with your iTunes purchases. And non-iTunes files can continue to be synced to the cloud. Yeah, I call this story, everyone calm down. <laughs> it's going to be just fine good advice uh developer steve trouton smith notes that in ipad os you can plug in a usb mouse and it works with an assistive touch feature uh there does seem to be a bluetooth device section in the pointing devices settings as well um, but that has not been confirmed to work yet so don't get too excited about bluetooth mice with your ipad but uh it looks like with uh ipad os when it comes out you'll be able to plug in a mouse on your ipad which we never thumb, thought they'd Thumb drives, mice. It's a whole new world. Right. It's like almost like a little computer. <laughs> almost. Not quite. <laughs> well, it's funny, too, because my first reaction was like, would I want a mouse? And the answer is, yeah. I'm just so used to not being able to use it that way. Now, but now I'm, I'm way, wondering why I would use it that way. I know they're doing some windows, but if they could do like almost an infinite number of windows overlapping on the screen that I could move around with that mouse, that would be something. I'm imagining it using it as a, a teleprompter, right? Mm -hmm. If you had a mouse right next to you, you could just scroll right through. I actually right use mine as a teleprompter. Yeah. 
<laughs> would would it be better with a mouse? I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we can uh, we can try it out when when uh, when the version is uh, available. Mm-hmm. Developer Ben Sandofsky notes that in its updated App Store review guidelines, Apple writes, "quote Sign in with Apple will be available for beta testing this summer. It will be required as an option for users and apps that support third party sign in when it's commercially available later this year." The- seems to imply that if you use Google or Facebook sign-in, you will also be required to offer Apple sign-in if you want to be in the App Store. Oh, boy. Uh, Remember those stories about uh, anti-competitive behavior? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not saying this is a clear example of any competitive behavior, but you can be sure developers are going to be upset about this and complain that this is anti-competitive behavior because they won't want to have to implement this if they don't want to implement it. Well, I mean, is that anti-competitive though? It's offering another option that Apple has it's laid out as a, 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 a for many people better option. Well, it's, it's forcing the developer to offer make, it. It's not forcing me as a user it. to use it. You're, well, no, but they're saying to a developer, if you want to be in the App Store and you want to offer a competitor sign-in, you also have to offer our, our sign-in. We want to compete. We want to yeah. play. <laughs> I, I, I think Apple may have a point that the way that it's sign in works is so different than at least Facebook and Google to use two other examples that it's that it has a point. Well, but I see I, what you're saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is I can choose to n- not use anybody else's sign in and run it myself. And I don't have to do Apple sign in. It's only according to this, if I'm using Google or Facebook sign in that then I have to use Apple sign in. I don't get a choice if I decide yeah. to use anybody third party. That's yeah. And isn't this being argued as a, hey, well, if you want to keep stay within the privacy of our system and not be snooped on by other other outside interests, and that's great. Oh, that's our definitely Apple what Apple's want. doing. Yeah, our, our Apple users want mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. Apple also added a line that in limited cases, companies using multiple device management or MDM for parental controls may not sell, use, or disclose to third parties any data for any purpose and must commit to this in their privacy policy. If you missed it, they said... You can use MDM for parental controls. Made a big deal of how MDM shouldn't be used for parental controls, uh, which I found reasonable. And now they're saying, okay, well, as long as you abide by these rules, we'll go ahead and soften that. Apple was previously restricting companies who were criticizing them for anti-competitive behavior (laughs) for doing that. So uh, it seems like they had a little change of heart there. Well, like Tim Cook said, nobody would think that we're a monopoly if they're reasonable. We're not anti-competitive. Come on. Last week, Apple raised the limit for app downloads on cellular connections to 200 megabytes. This is a leftover from when mobile carriers were worried about data congestion and all the plans had data download limits. 9 to 5 Mac reports that iOS 13 beta shows a card warning a download is over the limit if you're on cellular, but you can download it anyway if you want to. There's also a setting to just always allow downloads no matter the size. Oh, that's nice. Giving me a choice. I like that. And of course, with every new OS release, there will be some hardware that can't support it and the list of hardware that will not get ios 13 is as follows iphone 5s iphone 6 iphone 6 plus ipad air ipad mini 2 and ipad mini 3 uh, and gadget notes that means that the iphone se the 6s and the 6s plus are now the oldest devices to support ios 13 all right that's our apple lightning round i uh, hope you feel more well informed about uh, some of the things that weren't in the wwdc keynote and now dr kiki has brought us a story about how the six-fingered man from princess bride has paved the way to let us control robotic limbs with our thoughts is that yeah. do I have that right 
<laughs> I think you've got the general idea there. Yes. So it's not necessarily a story about the six-fingered man, but uh, researchers have been trying to figure out how people born with extra fingers actually move those extra fingers. What parts of their brain are involved in that extra processing? And does that extra processing actually create a load on the brain and what it what it's achieving with motions of the body. And the end goal here is maybe we can use the information gained from figuring out how polydactyl people actually use their brains to move their limbs to help people use extra limbs that are artificial. So robotic limbs potentially. Could surgeons uh, be more easily trained to use robotic arms? Um, could astronauts be used to uh, could could astronauts be trained to use extra extra limbs as well for missions? And uh, would understanding how the brains of people who are born with more digits help us do that? Uh, it's Really exciting. So the question, according to the researchers who just published in Nature this week, uh, they said, even though we've known about polydactyly in people and cats, and you might know your six-fingered orange cats, um, but people also are born with more than five digits on their fingers and toes at times, but nobody has ever looked into whether or not it's uh, muscle or nerve inputs from the surrounding digits that control that sixth digit or if there's actual uh, brain input coming in to control number six. And so the researchers looked at people tying their shoes, working keyboards, doing all sorts of tasks uh, with their six-digited hands. And in the case of tying shoes, they could tie their shoes one-handed. So there's even a manipulation benefit to having extra fingers. I found this fascinating because part of the story was about how it's hard to find people with polydactylism because it's usually corrected, quote unquote, uh, yeah. because people see it as a birth defect. And so they found a woman and her son who both had an extra finger between the thumb and forefinger. And they could yeah. do things like tie their shoes with one hand. Mm -hmm. uh, tie their shoes one handed. And we were talking about, uh, you know, the, we're talking about devices and our screens. Uh, is there the possibility that with six fingers, you have more control over your iOS device. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pinched to, to zoom, uh, right. any six-figure gestures. Oh, there's not very many yeah, people going to be able to there's, do this. There's got to be some advantages. Now, I know with polydactyl cats, which is fairly common, yeah. uh, that's, it's almost always symmetrical. You know, If you're polydactyl, mm -hmm. it's, it, it's both paws. Yep. With humans, that's not the case, right? Um, I think it depends. Um, it definitely, it, there are different ways that it can be expressed. If it is expressed in a, uh, in a, in a basic gene mutation that is, um, part of the symmetrical development of the person, then yes, it's on then both sides. Then it would sides. be both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if it is, if it's a mutation that only occurs on, you know, on later in development, then you're going to get it um, only on one side or the other. Because it'd be really interesting to have somebody who, again, if it was not corrected and it was only on mm -hmm. one side to explain, this is what I can do with the extra digits that I can't mm -hmm. do on the other hand, you know, because you've, 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 you've got something to, to, to test against. 
And, right. and to get back to the to, to what I think the, the technology aspects of this article is, they identified, Kiki, if I have this right, they identified the part of the brain that gets devoted to this extra digit. Uh, and because of that, they're like, oh, well, that's that's kind of flexible up there. If you have an extra digit, you 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 just use a part of your brain that would be used for other things otherwise, maybe other digits. Uh, and so maybe mm-hmm. we can figure out how to do that in people who don't have extra fingers or extra toes to control something else. Uh, that's when you get the Doc yeah. Ock situation. Exactly. Uh, you know, where you're you're controlling these external uh things to you so you you could you could have you know like you said a a doctor with a a third robotic arm to assist in the surgery that he wouldn't have to talk to he could just control it himself Mm -hmm. or herself yeah yeah and if we're talking yeah the future of brain control interfaces if you just have to imagine it in your brain uh you know it would make the reality of it so much simpler um yeah and so in our brain the motor cortex when we lose limbs we know that the parts of the brain that used to control those parts of the body do start to get encroached upon by other areas. Our brains never want to just let brain brain tissue go fallow. Our brain is always trying to maximize its use of space. And so the amount of, of nervous tissue that is there for your fingers then is going to get allotted up based on how many fingers you have. And so the question is, if you're learning something since birth, what is the difference between mm-hmm. you and somebody who wants to put on uh, artificial limbs as an adult? Can you start to uh, approach the uh, the brain tissue allotment in the same way? So that's the trick. That That's the thing yeah. they haven't figured out. That was not yeah. in the study of nature communications, no. which is, can we, can we shoehorn uh, an extra limb into your brain, into your brain control. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, I, I imagine that if you were to, I don't know, if you were to, uh, to practice often enough, it would be like learning to play the piano, learning to drive a car, mm-hmm. learning to use a pen, a pencil, any, de- any device. It's, it would be a tool and your brain will create pathways to make the use of that tool easier and easier over time. Um, and so I don't know, would you have to put on those artificial limbs and never take them off? Would it be something that, (laughs) you know, you could take them off and put them down and your brain goes, okay, that's awesome. (laughs) I don't, I'll just save that space for later. You know, so there's going, there'll be some really interesting questions. I mean, our, our brains are very plastic. You'll need to wash it. (laughs) Yeah, right. You would need to wash it at some point. Your brain, that is. Limb, the extra limb and the brain. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I wonder if it's sort of like trying to teach yourself to write with the opposite hand, right? If you grew up left-handed, mm-hmm. trying to write right-handed. Uh, exactly. Is yep. it, is it going to be like that or is it something even weirder or harder? Um, well, and we always yeah. say, well, you know, if you'd learn to play the piano or ride a bike or lots mm-hmm. of things, or learn a language at a younger age, you have the advantage because there's just, you've got so much more absorption uh, potential in your brain than when you get older and it's harder to, yeah. to adopt these things. But then you've got situations where, you know, I know somebody who had a stroke. He was a very accomplished artist and he, his right side wasn't really working anymore. And now he, draws with his left. He's still yeah. really talented. It's just different. So I wonder, you know, in those sorts of situations where you almost have an opportunity to to be able to adopt some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the people who relearn to to talk by imagining themselves singing. 
or that. Yeah. 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 All kinds of weird I, brain hacks. Yeah. All, all of it though. I mean, it'll be a, a massive learning curve as with, you know, as we're seeing with all the brain control interfaces that are coming up in research, it's none of them are easy to take on and something that would be an extra limb that that control would be kind of tough to make fine tuned. Well, something we like to consider our extra limb is our subreddit. Mm-hmm. You can submit stories yeah. and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. You know, another limb that we love very much is our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. They're like two extra lobes of our brain. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Just feeding good information every day. All right. Let's check out another lobe of our brain, the mailbag. <laughs> Daniel Nas in Cincinnati was at the mall recently. He said, I was at the food court in Kenwood Mall on Saturday in Cincinnati, and I discovered this kiosk. He also sent us a picture of the kiosk, which is an Uber kiosk. Uh, Daniel says, apparently Uber's trying to get new drivers in my area. Looks like an automated system you walk up to and automatically get connected to a recruiter at Uber. When I took the picture of the kiosk, a nice man sitting over to the right off camera stood up and asked if I had questions or if I ever had thought about driving for Uber. He said they have about 20-ish kiosks around the nation in malls trying to recruit more drivers. So his job was to get somebody excited enough to pick up the phone at the kiosk. Then an Uber recruiter would come on the screen and talk to you about driving for Uber and potentially fill out an application right then and there. This is why I am not concerned that automation in the long term will wipe out all jobs. Uh, I'm not saying it won't disrupt things and there won't be problems and there are because there are and we've talked about that. But look at this. Like instead of being like, oh, we'll just put up a kiosk and that'll be it. They're like, no, we really need somebody there. Standing (laughs) there. Yeah. It's kind of like waiting for you to get interested enough. See, I haven't been to... I don't know. I was in an open air mall recently, but I have not seen one of these kiosks and I'm not sure how close the nearest one is to me, but it would, yeah, I'd, I'd, I would love to witness somebody being like, oh, cool. This is exactly what I've been meaning to do. And here's this kiosk. And now it's like uh, very convenient for me. Well, and instead of having to get all of your experts on talking to people about driving in and spread them out to malls around the country, you have them all in one room in San Francisco is my guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, and then you planning for your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery, soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe tap-to-pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, 
You no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. Can hire people who don't have that specialty to stand around by the kiosks and, and help people understand uh, and and do the kiosk to, to make the connection. It's, it's that personal connection. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for the email, Daniel, and thanks to everybody who emails us every single day. And also, thanks to Dr. Kiki Sanford for being with us on the show. So good to have you. Let folks know where they can keep up with your fabulous work. Thank you for having me on the show again. You can find my work. Uh, this Week in Science is my podcast. You can find it at twisttwis.org. And you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Kiki, D-R-K-I-K-I. Don't forget, folks, our goal each month is one more patron than last month. You could be the person that puts us over the top by becoming a member and getting access to all kinds of cool extra content as a member of patreon.com slash DTNS. And if you'd like to join in live, one of the perks of being a patron is getting in the Discord and you can listen in on the Good Day Internet channel as we record. You can also watch live at twitch.tv slash Internet. Our email address is feedback at Daily Tech News Show. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. Find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Scott Johnson. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.